Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3 together as we continue our series through the book of 1 Samuel. And I'm going to begin in 1 Samuel 3 verse 1 and I will read through until chapter 4 verse 1 if you would follow along with me. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went. And lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he he said, meaning Eli said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the opportunity for communion this morning together. We thank you that you would call us, invite us, allow us to feast on the broken body of Christ. And Lord, we give you praise that um, the broken body of Christ has overcome all other brokenness. Uh, that the shedding of His blood offers us life, offers us the Spirit of God. And Father, I pray now that, Lord, as we look to feast on Christ through His Word, I pray that, Lord, our hearts would be ready, open, desiring of Him, which is a work of You. So we pray for an outpouring of Your Spirit. Father, I pray uh, for my heart, an outpouring of Your Spirit. Lord, that our hearts would be enlivened. They would be made well. They would be ready by the power of your Spirit. Father, make now dead hearts alive that may be in here. Your word may be received and feasted upon. God, I pray through the story of Samuel, we would see Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what I hope we can see that the Word of God does, can do mighty things through the lives of listening servants. I remember this was a number of years ago. This was a company that I worked for, for a builder. And we would have monthly meetings. And these meetings would consist of um, around 100 people that would come in every month and sit in this one large room, usually to hear the... Um, the president of the company give reports and forecasts. And generally, I would be in there and I would have my head down looking at my paper, just kind of taking notes, writing notes, not even um, thinking much about what was being said, just making sure I was getting it on paper, hearing, making sure I'm getting it down, uh, if necessary, if it, if it were to come up again at another meeting or um, if I would need to review it for something. And so constantly writing, hearing. One particular month in this meeting, I'm doing that very thing, and then all of a sudden I hear, and this could have uh, great meaning for people like Jake McCall, Michael so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And I immediately... Um, perk up and begin to listen how this affects me and then how, may, how I may then uh, be able to be a part or affect uh, the company and all that we were a part of. And so I, I think that a way to describe this was I went from hearing a lot of information and making sure I was getting it and getting it down and making sure I had it from really listening in such a way where it was coming to me personally and then I could then um, put it into use. And so that's why I say that the Word of God does mighty things through the lives of listening servants, meaning those that are not just hearing, but hearing in such a way that it's personal and then we're ready to apply what we're hearing. We're seeing that it's affecting us and affecting, it can affect the kingdom through us. 
And so as we've gone through the first couple of chapters of 1 Samuel, and we've gotten here to chapter 3, the first two we've chiefly been exposed to Hannah, Samuel's mother. We've been exposed in depth to the person of Eli and his two sons. And now I in my sermons, I have tried to give attention to Samuel what, um, and what's coming for his life. However, if this book was not named after the person of Samuel, thus far we would probably see him as someone in the background. Uh, we would probably see him as uh, someone that is taking the back seat to his mom, to Eli, and to Eli's two sons, and even the unknown prophet that was spoken of. But today we begin to see that this book is starting to zero in on the person of Samuel. We are starting to see that he is a key fig- figure in the story of God, not just in the book of Samuel, but we will, begin to, we will begin to see that he is going to be a huge figure in all throughout God's story. This is uh, clear in the New Testament. And we see this in a, in a number of different places. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 24, Peter says this at his sermon at Solomon's temple just after the lame beggar was healed. And he begins to explain that it was the, the God of your fathers that healed this lame beggar. And this is what he says in verse 24. He says, And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. And then if we were to move on through the book of Acts and we get to Acts 13 verse 20, as Paul is essentially doing the same thing that Peter was, he is in the midst of the Jewish people and he's giving a history of Israel and he's wanting to connect the history of Israel with the person of Christ. And this is what he says in Acts 13, verse 20. Following giving the history, he says, And all this took about 450 years, meaning um, uh, the people in slavery and then wandering in the wilderness. And all this took about 450 years. And after that, He gave them judges until Samuel, the prophet. This is what Paul says, and that's what Peter says. And so what we can gather from those two statements is that the the New Testament people, the writers, understood that Samuel was a key figure in the Old Testament. And in fact, he was a connecting point between two, um, two periods. He was the final judge... And he was the first prophet who was a class of prophets. So he was a connecting point between this age that led up through the judges up to the time when God's word went forth through the prophets. Now, there was prophecy before Samuel. However, as far as a class of prophets, Samuel was the first one, according to Peter. And he was the last judge, according to Paul. And so that's why Peter and Paul refer to Samuel the way that they do. They see the importance of this person. They see this connecting point in the story of God. And so as we're reading, as we were reading this today in chapter 3, verse 1, we see how God begins to call through the person of Samuel and then how he speaks to him. And so I want us to look at uh, a few things, a, a couple of things. One, his personal call that we see in the life of Samuel. And then the coming of the Word of God that we also see through this story in Samuel. And in, in chapter 3, it takes a few verses to get to it, but eventually we get to the main verb that we see in verse 4. 
where it says, Then the Lord called Samuel. And this verb called that we see here is what we see used early on in Scripture. We see it a number of times in Genesis in the first pages of Genesis. And it's, what, it's the word that's used in Genesis 1-5 where it says God called the light day. And then in Genesis 1-10 it says He called the water seas. And then this is interesting. In Genesis 2-20... The way our English Bible reads it, it says the man gave names to all livestock and birds of the heavens and beasts of the field. But it's the same word as called that we see earlier in Genesis and here in Samuel. It's the same word as the word called. Also speaking of Adam, it says the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So why does... What's the connection here and why does it, is this word used in chapter 3? And it tells us that God is calling Samuel by the name that he gave him. Just as he called light, um, he called the day light. That's the name that he gave it because that's what, uh, that's how he saw it. That's how he knew it. When Adam named Eve, he named her after his knowledge of what God was giving him. And so when God calls Samuel right here. He's calling him by the name that he gave him. In other words, he's not saying, hey, little boy, or he's not calling him by the wrong name or a name that he didn't recognize. He's calling him by name to show him that he knew him so much so that Samuel thought it was Eli. Consider that. He thought it was Eli calling him because the voice sounded so much like someone that knew him. He understood that there was somebody that knew him that was calling him. So he didn't panic. He just saw, thought it was someone that knew him. And so he immediately went to Eli. But it wasn't Eli. And he didn't know that it wasn't Eli. And we see that in verse 7 where it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now we know from the text that Samuel worshipped God already at this point. We also know that Samuel ministered to the Lord already at this point. He certainly knew about the Lord, but he did not recognize his voice. And he probably didn't even know that he could recognize his voice. But God was calling him. So here's some things that I hope that we will see that I think we deal with, uh, that we want to work through together, hopefully as a church, to see in regards to God calling us to hear his word, because that's what God's doing with Samuel here. He's, he's saying, Samuel, Samuel, I've got something to tell you. That's essentially what he's saying. And so he's, so I hope that we will see a few things here about God calling us to hear his word. First, number one, and these are brief, but a few things, five things. Does that count as a few? Most of us, and I would say all of us from the youngest here to the oldest here, have something going on in our life that needs counsel or direction. Something is happening in all of our lives right now that we need some help with, some kind of direction, some counsel from someone. And this is a way that God calls us to hear His Word. He may as well, through that, be saying, Jake, Jake. He may as well be saying that. This is a calling. As He calls us to seek direction, counsel, He's calling us to hear His Word. And so we need to consider how He's calling us in that manner. 
And I believe that would encompass all of us in here most of the time of our life. We're needing some way, uh, we're needing some kind of direction from, uh, for, for our life, for what's going on with us. Secondly, we all need God's Word in our hearts, and when we realize that, this is God calling us by name. And so, in other words, this is a way of saying, when it actually comes into our hearts and our mind that, you know what, there's not enough of God's Word in my heart. It's not, there's not enough there. That's God calling us by name. It's the way God calls us. Thirdly, we will often go to some type of trusted, authoritative figure in our life when we need some type of counsel or when we need help. Samuel did that with Eli and, and realized that he did not get rebuked for that. He, God was not upset with him for going to Eli in that sense. He actually used Eli to tell him to listen for the Lord. And therefore, when you sense God's calling, it's good and right to go to someone in your life, authoritative figure, someone that you trust, someone that you believe can give you wise counsel. And then most of all, this is most important, someone that you are certain to respond the way that Eli finally responded. Someone that you are certain that can say, that can direct you to hear from the Lord. Someone that can direct you to hear what God is calling. So someone that will direct you to His Word or someone, and someone that will direct you to prayer, to engage with God, to hear from Him. Fourthly, don't get hung up on the fact that God seemed to call Samuel audibly by name. It seemed to clearly happen here. He stood there in His presence, called Him by name. He most likely did that, and He most likely has not called you in that manner. Most likely has not done that. And so I hope that you'll not get caught up on that, because that doesn't mean that He hasn't and He isn't calling you, and it doesn't mean that until that happens, it's not a true calling. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, which Peter and Samuel mentioned. Samuel was first. But in these last days, he has spoken by his son. And so we can look for different ways in which God would call us. And even though, it does, even though he may not say audibly our name when he calls us, he still speaks loudly, patiently, lovingly, just as he did to Samuel. And then the, this fifth point here on his personal calling is to understand that the calling part is a key part of hearing from God. Notice how God was insistent that Samuel respond to his name by telling the Lord to speak. And this is overlooked. God didn't just start sharing his word with Samuel. Do you notice? He said Samuel. Then Samuel goes, doesn't know who it is. So he goes back. He does it again. He does it four times. So he calls four times before he begins to share his word with Samuel. And that is a key part of this to understand that the calling comes first. He wanted Samuel to understand that this was personally for him. This was a personal call. This was meant for Samuel. 
And God's Word gets personal. Our relationship with Christ is personal when we hear and sense and recognize His call. And when, so in other words, Samuel didn't hear this Word from the Lord and say, this is very general. I receive it. It's very general. I get it. Instead, Samuel realizes he's saying, Samuel, Samuel. He's calling his name and then he's giving his words, giving his word. And so we are to consider, how is he calling you? As we went through these, these, these five things, four things, including this one, five. As we went through this, we're to consider, how is he personally calling you right now to hear from him? What decision are you facing? What sin are you being convicted of? When are we looking when you're looking for help from someone, are you looking for help from someone? Consider how God's calling you. Consider these personal ways in which He's calling you. Consider the situations that you are in in which perhaps could be unbearable right now or could lead to something that's unbearable. Consider all of this and then realize these are ways that God calls us. And if we see that God's calling to hear from Him, the Scriptures will then have our name attached to Him. But if we're not called first, if we're not seeing that God is personally dealing with us in His Word, then our name won't be attached to the Scriptures. We'll be like I was in the meeting, head down, writing, you know, taking it in. But when our name gets attached... When we respond to the calling, when we realize He's calling us, our name gets attached. We perk up. We see that God personally is dealing with with us as He deals with His church over time. And this leads to the coming of His Word that comes to Samuel in chapter 3. So God called, and then on the fourth time, which speaks of patience, consider that. God's patient with Samuel. It also speaks of the persistence that the Lord has with Samuel. And then Samuel says, speak for your servant hears. And then God delivers a very difficult message to Samuel. And this is difficult because Eli is his teacher. Eli is his leader. Eli has cared for him. Practically, Eli is his father. And then the Lord comes with a very difficult message for Samuel's teacher, his leader, his father. And what we see is in, in the Bible, this is very common. It's very common for God, especially when we see God first revealing himself to people, he will give difficult messages. He tells Abraham, you will leave your land that you know, you will leave your family and you will go to an unknown land. He tells Moses that Moses will be his representative to his people. This is so difficult to Moses that Moses has the, I don't know whether it's boldness or fearful, but whatever, Moses has the gall to say, please pick someone else. It's difficult enough for Moses to say, please pick someone else. When Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord, he tells the Lord, here, here am I, send me. And God said, okay. Go to your people and tell them that I'm coming in judgment and will burn their cities. This was the first revelation to Isaiah. These are the kind of things that come from the mouth of God. And therefore, it can be very difficult things. 
They can be difficult things to hear. And yet God calls us to embrace them. We can tell that this is difficult for Samuel because in verse 15, it says this, Samuel lay until morning. So this probably means without sleep. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. He was afraid to communicate what God had said to him. But here's what happened. The Bible tells us he told him the whole thing. He told him everything that God had told him. He hid nothing from him. And Eli responds with humility, recognizing his own refusal to discipline his sons, maintain the purity of the church. But here's what's important here. Because Samuel embraced the full counsel of the Lord, God established him as a prophet. And all of Israel knew that he was a prophet, and God did not let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground, is what the text says. And God spoke more and more to Samuel. And he used Samuel to do mighty things in his name. And then we end with chapter 4, verse 1 that says, And the word of Samuel came to all of Israel. This is a new day for Israel. This is a new day and Samuel has been established. So here we are. We're called We see how Samuel is called. We're called and then God gives us his word. It's not always easy to hear. So this means it can mess with our situation. When God gives us his word, it can mess with what's going on in our life. God's word can sometimes judge or rebuke our hearts. Or sometimes even harder than that, it can judge and rebuke people that we love. And therefore, we don't receive it all. It also may mean that now we have to look to God to care for us. As Samuel had to look for God to care for him instead of Eli. Because we, are, we may be called to leave the situation we are in. It also may lead us to be involved and help people that we normally wouldn't want to. This is all because it can be a difficult word. And this asks of us, here's the whole point. This asks of Samuel, will you embrace my word fully? Will you accept me at my full word, the full counsel of God? So this means, will you take God's word and put all of it in your heart, or will you hide some portions of it from your heart? Will you hide some portions of it from your teaching of others, sharing it with others? Will we only embrace that which agrees with what we already think or who we already are? We love the Bible as long as it agrees with us. But can we accept it and refuse to hide it from our heart when it doesn't agree with our fallen nature? This is a call to really know God and really know who He is calling you to be and how He wants you to follow Him. This is what this call to Samuel was. Okay, as I close, what else, what else can we learn from this? This is what we can know from the story of Samuel. God does not enjoy nor does he intend to be silent. We can infer from this and then reading through the book of Judges that God did not enjoy this period of silence. We can also come to a conclusion that, there, that he continued to speak as we saw that from this unknown prophet to Eli. And he probably continued to speak multiple times to people that wouldn't embrace his full word. Samuel embraced the full word. He was established as the prophet. The voice of God came upon Israel again in a special way.
Now, here's also what we can know. This did not come to Samuel because he was perfect. And as we go through this book, we will see his imperfections. We will see that he's far from it, that he's a sinner. He's in need of a Savior. But we already knew that Samuel was a priest. He was ministering to the Lord in the house of the Lord. He was set apart as a priest. Today we see that he was a prophet. We will soon see that he becomes a judge acting as a king. So what this tells us is is that Samuel is in place in the Old Testament as a prophet, as a priest, and a king. Pointing to Christ, the true prophet, priest, and king. Samuel, as who he is, is pointing to the one that he needs. Samuel, in teaching us about God's calling and and the coming of the word of the Lord, is teaching us about who we desperately need. We need the one who is the true hope of the world. We need the Christ. We need the one who makes call. We we need the one who makes the call of God possible to hear. The call of God possible to respond to. This is what Samuel's pointing us to as who he is. So I encourage us, consider how is God calling us to hear his word? How is God calling us to hear his word for the very first time? Perhaps you're in here and you knew of the Lord, but you didn't know the Lord. You couldn't recognize his voice. God didn't give his word to Samuel until Samuel understood that God was calling him. He was calling him to hear his word. And God's always constantly calling us. He's always constantly calling us to personally hear him speak. Let's pray. Father, I pray that, Lord, we would see that you have given us such a gift that we can open Scripture We can read about the person of Samuel, the person of Hannah. We can see that this was thousands of years ago. And then we could see how your word was meant, intended to transcend time, to be able to land right here for us, to speak to us. I pray that it's a calling to us and then it's your word to us. Father, give us hearts that long to see how you're calling us. Realize that it's your voice calling us. And then give us hearts that are ready to receive your word in its fullness, Lord. It's by the power of your spirit. And so we ask for your spirit. May we be reminded of the work of Christ as our prophet and priest and king. makes it possible to be your child that can hear your voice when you call our name. We pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen.